0: Good evening. Hope you're all well. Today we're learning Maseches um, stuff Tav Ayin a day where I request your maturity uh, as we learn some Gemaras that are very difficult to explain. Text, you cannot sit at that table. Go sit at another table. We are recording, and I. By the way, you should know that when we get to the to this sugya, the art scroll has zero comments on it. Zero and there's it's it, it's like as we say in Rashi Omer Dorsheni like it's begging for interpretation. The Gemara is very complex, not in its in its reading, but in its deeper meanings. And I'll we'll, I'll just share one Maharam Shif, one of the Akronim, who speaks about this Gemara when we get there. But before that, we've been discussing the concept of uh, of getting married with a condition with a t'nai of a woman not having Nedarim. And we are now four four lines down, last words on the line on Ayan Hamid Aleph, and the Gemara quotes what we had seen earlier, what we saw yesterday, Reb Meir that if a man divorces a woman, and um, if there's a neder that needed that she had to go to bed, then they cannot remarry. Omer, that we don't Forbid the tzarich, the case of a woman who needs a chakira shacham, because because uh, of sheino because of a woman who doesn't need it, which we explained yesterday was basically his opinion that uh, there's no way to get back into that marriage no matter what. And but my what did we say yesterday was the machlokas between them? Rav Savar Adam rotsa Rav Meir was of the opinion that it's acceptable for him, and it was within his mindset that his wife should. Uh, should go to be Matir Neder. And if she were to be Matir either even though it's somewhat of a bizayon for her, that would allow them to be married. That would be a valid condition if she removed her nedar. but tonight that you have no Nadarm, mm-hmm. she goes to Bezdin, the Bezdin gets rid of the Nadarm. Shalom everything's fine and good. However, Rebbe savar, ein adam spaz Bezdin, because fundamentally Rebbe Lazar does not want his wife to be uncomfortable. So therefore, even if she goes to get a Torah's uh, Nadarm, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because that's not that's not what the husband wanted. That wasn't built into his t'nai. So fundamentally speaking, what what's going on in this machlokas is what is our standing assumption about uh, his intent? Would he be okay if she was matir neder? Yes or no? Or no? Is he being categorical and saying, "If you are a woman who has nedarim, I just don't want to marry you. Even if you're matir neder, I'm not interested." Fine. Now, Rava Amar, and this Gemara would be very complicated without Rashi. Rava Amar, what was Rava talking about? Look at the very top line of Rashi. Second Rashi Debrahama, Rava Amar. Rava says, that if she goes to a Chacham to get a, a Torah, that they're not married, what was that talking about? The, back in the Gemara, 10 lines down on Ayin Hei the Gemara says, that's talking about Askinan. That's talking about a Chashuva woman. To Amar, uh, where he says, seha." He says, the reason why she's we don't even want that marriage to start because if that marriage starts and she's an adronist and she's constantly making a the dharm, they're going to end up getting divorced and then he won't only really be restricted to her, but he'll be restricted to her immediate immediate female family members. He can't marry them either. Eina out of the gates he, because in his head, that kedushin should not work. It's not that the mechanics of the kedushin can't work. It's that his ratzon is not that way. So the conditions have to be based on his ratzon and therefore they're not married. The Gemara says that's not a good response. If that's true, why wouldn't it be true in the opposite direction as well? Seifa de Katani, in the end of the bride. So what does it say? In regards to the husband, let's say that the husband says, I'm going to marry you on condition that I don't have any Nadarim. On himself, so says the Gemara. If that's true, and he's matir neder, or if he's etzel rofe veripe or so, or if he made a condition about his health and then he heals himself, there the Gemara says Mikudeshas, But why would it be Listen, mikudeshes? Listen, it ain't a It should be no different than the case of the woman. I don't want to be ushered to his relatives. So why isn't it true in both directions? And then the Gemara drops a bomb. This this idea in the Gemara is a psychology and it has halakhic implications about the difference between men and women as it relates to marriage. The Gemara says, the reason why we distinguish between a man and a woman is because she'll marry basically any, uh, it's kind of like if you're above a minimal threshold, she'll marry you. You don't have to be such a gishmak guy. You have to be uh, enough. You have to be enough of a gavra. What does Reish Lakish say? She would rather sit there with two warm bodies, just her and her husband, even though he's not such a great guy, than to be single. She'd rather just have a somebody than have a nobody. That's what the Gemara says about her, which isn't true about him. His psychology is different, and he is going to have a different standard. That's what the Gemara says. And the Gemara gives a few examples. If there's someone who's very short, it actually literally translates as an ant or some small critter, a very small person, doesn't matter. The wife is going to be she'll bring her chair among all of the women and she'll sit there and uh, with her husband, with all the married women, they're all talking shetels and strollers. And uh, when we were first married, it took uh, a couple of years till we had kids, but I was in the grus Babies were popping out every six days. There were babies everywhere. What was the conversation piece? Strollers, which bottles to use. Everything was baby. So that's what the Gemara is saying over here. She doesn't want to be that woman who's left out. So she's going to make sure. Tabula Mesa of Tandu and Mesa of Armala. She wants to stay married. So this guy's super short. Doesn't matter. Rav Papa gave another example. Amar Sagavra. If he has a lowly profession, he's someone who cleans out wool from all of its impurities. Says the Gemara, in such a case, She'll go out to the. She'll go out and sit on the porch with her husband. She'll call her husband, "Hi, hey, sweetheart, come sit with me out in public." And people will walk by. They'll see that she's married. Okay, he's not. A, he's not an A plus guy. He's a B minus guy. But that's okay. They're still married. Ravashi Even if it's someone who has a bad lineage, someone who comes from a difficult family, she won't even be mocked on him, don't even bother to go get the lentils. We'll be fine. The basics. The basics. And then the Gemara closes this little section with something that's a little complicated. Tana, the Brysa writes, v'chulan mizanos v'tolos v'vaolein. All of these women who are married to the B- minus guys, they're all going to cheat on their husbands. And when they get pregnant from the man that they cheated with, they're going to be tola on their husband. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It says, it says kid. Oh, he looks like the neighbor? Yeah, it's my husband. <laughs> doesn't matter. That's my husband's kid. So that's what the Gemara says is that these women, it still is true. This is the double. This is the duality of the psychology. It's Tav of Tandu lumesav Armalu. Better that she should be married to a somebody than to a nobody. But says she's going to cheat. And says she's going to get pregnant from somebody else. And she'll be told that on her husband. That's what the Gemara says. That's why you're A-plus guy. That's so sweet. I'll tell <laughs> t- I'll tell my wife that I'm an A-plus guy. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you should tell my wife I'm an A plus guy. I think it's a little bit more, yeah, it's a little bit more impactful than me. Yeah, that's like having my dad be like, you know, he uh, feels really a wonderful. He he teaches Dafyomi, you know. Oh, remind me about YouTube. Every once in a while, yes, I'll wave hello. Okay, first of the very long lines on I and Hey. We're going to speak about some of the mumin, some of the things that are uh, psulim in a wife, and we'll also see in comparative sugyas to a kohen. And the brayser writes tana uh, tana zea If a woman has some type of sweating disorder, if she has a shuma, if she has a mole hape, If she has, um, if she has bad breath, so the gemara says those are those are problems by women. Those are mumen psulim. If a woman has perpetual bad breath. Oh, uh, what's it called? Um, helitosis. Thank you. I knew I was going to say that. You were not going to say that. You were not going to say that. I get a phone call from Mark Halpert this week. I, he said, I learned a new word this week. It's called indelible. He wanted to know if I had heard of the word before. And I told Mark to read a book. He said read a book. Yeah, doesn't matter. You can read either one. Just read a Gemara. That's probably true. We'll, we'll we'll teach you vocab in this room. We'll get you. We'll get you. Oh, you're working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> then, then, then in the previous thirty five, yeah. I don't know how old you are, but give or take. But then the Gemara says, seemingly these psulim are only true by women, but asks the Gemara, "Vahani Bika lo pasle." These should also be psulim for Kohanim. After all, v'hatznan, and this part of the Mishnahs in regards to animals, hazakin an older animal, v'achola an animal that's ilva mezuham, an animal. That is very smelly, an animal that doesn't smell good, those are considered psulim. Vitznan, we also learned in addition to that, mumen elu, these mumin, bain kvu and bain and psulim adam, they also apply to man. So, seemingly, if even if a Kohen has just terrible body odor, so then the din seemingly should be that not only is it puzzle, but mamish the is If he brings a korban for you, it's a zero, it doesn't count. It's a real psul. I'm not talking about putting on deodorant, I'm talking about someone who really has a problem. So then the din is Lahora that that kohen should be puzzle for Abu Amrev don't worry, this is not a stir. kan overes. Kan overes. Sometimes people in the hot season, they smell a little bit, but during the winter season, they're totally fine. That's not the problem. We're talking about someone who has an internal medical issue. It's not temperature related. They smell bad always, 24-7. I had a kid like this in my elementary class, Shemirachem. It was terrible. It was terrible to be within dalaramos. It was just what it was. Ravashi Yomar, your whole assumption was wrong. Remember, look at the language. We said that a woman will have a mum of Zaya if she has a sweating disorder of some kind. And the next soul that we tried to compare from was mezuham, someone who smells, asks the Gemara, Zaya mizuham karamis. These are not the same thing. Sweating is not the same thing as smelling. They often come with one another. They often, uh, it's true, but it's not necessarily the same thing. Five lines into the white lines. In regards to Kohanim, if a person smells bad, you can use some type of uh, of wine vinegar that will, I guess that's what they used instead of uh, Febreze. I don't know, instead of deodorant, they would get rid of the smell. It lasted a little bit and they got rid of the smell so that during that avoda, the avoda wouldn't be puzzle. Um, And as well, if a person has bad breath, so then... What can they do? Then they can take a pill, pill. They can take a peppercorn and put it in their mouth, and it will. Uh, it's probably intense, an intense flavor, but it would probably get rid of this, get rid of the bad breath, whatever it is. It made it tolerable. But in regards to a woman, that's different. What's she going to do? She's going to keep a peppercorn in her mouth twenty-four-seven. They live in the same house. Lo, Fshar, there's no way that she could circumvent that, and therefore it's considered Absul. Halitosis is a is a is a pseudo for marriage, what the Gemara seems to say. Aishuma Hehidami, what about this mole? So says the Gemara, Id ispa if the mole has hairs growing out of it no matter what that's going to be puzzle yeah. if there is no hair if the mole is very large and will qualify that soon no matter what it's going to be puzzle if it's a very small mole the Tanya it's uh, after all the brysa writes in regards to a Shuma coinsumashi if a coin has a mole and there are hairs growing out of it how raise if there is no hair growing out of the mole, if it's very large, then it's considered a mole. What is considered to be a large mole? Says the Gemara, particular coin. Let's assume, uh, I guess, like a penny, a dime, maybe probably like a dime. Their coins are probably uh, something like that, give or take a nickel. I don't know. However, the size of any talc is, how small can a coin be? It's got to be enough to to not get lost. So whatever it is, let's assume a dime, quarter, nickel, whatever. That's about the size of a, of a moon. And if it were to be that the moon, that the uh, shuma, that the mole was less than that, then the din is that that's not considered problematic. People have beauty marks all the time. That's totally normal. Fine. These are not freckles, by the way, just to be clear. We're not talking about flat. Uh, we're not talking about things that are flush with our face. We're talking about things that actually protrude, and it has to be particularly large to be a moon. Al-Padachta What are we talking about? It must be that the mole is on her forehead, says the Gemara. If the mole is on her forehead, he's not blind. He's going to look at it and either decide that he likes it or he doesn't. He doesn't have to divorce her. He doesn't have to say that it's a mum. He can marry her with her shortcomings. That's fine if she has a a mum on her forehead. But it can't be that it's smack in the middle of her forehead because... If it was, then it should be a moon, but he married her. So then, Minifai, so he can decide before they get married. When he meets her, he sees the mole on her forehead. So there's no reason for them to assume that they're going to not get married. If he says, I still think you're beautiful, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, then you're doing well. No, she, whatever hair covering she has, it's kind of covering a little bit. So let's say it was right at the top of her forehead, and she wears her hat like this. So you can't really. You can't really always see it. Sometimes you see it, sometimes you don't. So maybe the husband, the fiance, they're on the first date. He's like, maybe there's a mole there. I'm not really sure because her, her tichel is kind of covering a little bit. So then I he can say, decide. Back in the day. Yeah, back yeah. in the day, exactly. Oh, yeah. It's probably standard. Well, you, yes, you would. <laughs> yes, you would. <laughs> That's how it was. That's how it was. How are they I don't know, when did it stop? No idea. I don't know. So, that, so you'll have more bamkashas in about two minutes. So, Amar Apapa, uh, that, it's, that it's underneath the kippah. I heard something amazing from a great person. Who was the great person? Umanu, that was Rivshila. Noshcha kelev, if a person was bitten by a dog, and there was a scar, I raise a moon. <laughs> Everybody has scars. Everybody has scars. I just, uh, my son, over the summer, my son, Usher got a cut in his leg. And uh, it was a jagged line. The guy did stitches. He did a fine job. But the mice said, there's going to be a scar it's just the way things are. Is it, it Davka dog? It's not Dafka dog. It's if there's a scar. It doesn't look nice. It's not attractive. So then that's going to be considered a moon of call if you have a very thick voice for a woman what we would call a very deep voice for a woman if she has a very deep voice then that is considered a mum. why because she's supposed to have a sweet voice I just recently saw this in writing I'm reading a book now on body on body language and voice and all that kind of stuff anyway this book writes that um, our psychologies when as men, we typically try to be a little deeper with our voice uh, completely subconscious because that has the tones of masculinity and the more seductive airy, uh, high pitched voices are seen as more appealing for women. So you'll see that there are classic gender lines, which is why when people are confused about their gender, they often swing to that side of the pendulum, whatever it may be in order to, to match what they're trying to do. So anyways, this woman's voice should be, uh, should be not deep. It's a, otherwise considered a. Mobile. The Gemara then speaks about uh, about the dadim of a woman, a woman's breasts. And the Gemara says, Tani bira, bein dade isha tefach, that between the two breasts, there should be one tefach, but there's a machlokah, whether or not this is positive or negative. Acha de de ravashi tefach yusa, this is considered a good thing. Le ravashi, gabi tanya. It's a mum. <laughs> it's a mum. And that's a, okay, so that's a mum. That means that this woman is going to be considered... Not marriageable. The Kama, what is considered to be positive or what is considered to be a tefach in this particular case, being Shnei HaDadim. So Amar am rabbi Shaloshets both. The Gemara then says, "Tanya, Reb Nosson, Omer, Kol Isha She Deha Hagasim Michel Chaverta Ben Chabrosev. One woman has uh, has a large, as larger daddim than her friends. Harayzemu the Kama. How much more should the daddim be to be absoul to be amum? Amar Reb Meisha Bar Bere the Reb Yoshua Ben Levi Mishmed Reb Yoshua Ben Levi Tefach. And if there is a, a difference of a tefach, how uh, we measure the Gemara doesn't say. and The Rishonim on the page don't talk about it." Um, then that's considered a, a Says the Gemara, is there really such a difference between the dadim of women? Says the Gemara in, and the Gemara tells a little bit of an anecdote. There was one Arab woman. She was, uh, she had such large breasts. She was able to feed a child behind her with her breast. That's what the Gemara says. So the art scroll quotes the Ma'aram Shif, and I needed something to say on this topic because I just can't walk away from this because I have no idea what the Gemara is talking about. And the Gemara says, uh, the Maram Schiff writes in the back here, this isn't about beauty. We don't know. what He doesn't say what it is about, but it isn't about beauty. Because he said, if it is about beauty, then if a woman is ugly, that should be a moon. <laughs> just stop. You're not attractive? Yeah, done. Adds a mum. So it's not clear exactly what's going on in the Gemara. I haven't spent more time than looking up the Maharam Shif and one other thing, but nothing that really indicated a lot of what what was going on. Although Rashi here does seem to say that it is talking about beauty of some kind. Let's find that Rashi, Lima Ali Yusa. It's about 20 lines or so from the bottom of the page, four-fifths of the way down. It's considered attractive or appealing for the dadim to be separated from one another. Uh, everybody do your own research. I, I don't know exactly how to otherwise qualify the Gemara. Let's get back to the reservation. The Gemara says, We'll see in a moment that this is going to be explained. This Pasuk will be explained by the same person who was explaining to us about the dadim of an Isha, and that is Rav Maisha. And this Pasuk speaks about Ish Ish and Sion. So says the Gemara, what is this talking about? Rav Maisha, Yoshua ben Levi, someone who's born in it, someone who's born in Eretz Yisrael, or, or for someone who is Mitzapilir Osa, who pines to see Eretz Yisrael. Those are the people who, in the Pasuk, they'll be the ones who will be able to establish Eretz Yisrael. Beautiful Gemara. Amar minun. One person from Eretz Yisrael is better than any two from Bavel. Amar Abai, but, one of us, if we make Aliyah, and the Gomorrah doesn't use that language. If one guy from Bavel, Bavel goes up to Eretz Yisrael, then that one guy who makes Aliyah is better than two Eretz Yisrael people. When Reb lived in Rabban. he didn't know what was going on in Yeshiva. By the way, I don't believe that. This is Reb He's quoted throughout Shas as a massive Talmud Chacham. Let's just call him the lower end of the totem pole just for the sake of this conversation. He didn't know as much as everybody else in Yeshiva karilan bavloi and then when he made, uh, he moved up to Eretz Yisrael, He started uh, giving scathing rebukes to everyone who's in Eretz Yisrael, Everyone who's in Bavel, and he said that you guys don't know what you're talking about. All right, so that was the sugya uh, primarily of Mumen. We're going to continue a little bit, which is in regards to the timing of when Mumen began. And we know, of course, there's two phases. There's a phase of when a woman is still single, living in the home of her father, and the phase of when she's married, when she is now living in the home of her father-in-law or in her husband's home. And the Gemara wants to know, and the Mishnah is going to be dealing with now, when these women were identified. Four lines from the bottom of Ein Hey Amid Aleph, we'll be learning to the top of Ein Vav Aleph, and then the, the next day is a, a little bit of a shorter blot. Let's jump in. And we may learn a little bit extra tomorrow night and the next night, so just kind of compensate for the weekend. But we'll speak about that more later. Four lines from the bottom. Hayuba mumen. If she had blemishes, and she is in the home of her father, so that means it's a childhood mum. halalu So what happened here? So Rachel gets uh, gets engaged to Reuven. And as they're on uh, their, their first date after the, after the after that, uh, after that they get engaged. So he says, the husband says, Rubain says, oh, you have a blemish. I didn't know about that. So says the Gemara, that would be upon the father. that No, no, no. This really wasn't a childhood mum. This only happened since you guys met. She lost a finger, whatever the case may be. So says the Gemara, that the father has to bring the burden in order to make it that it's the father, that it's the husband's issue. And therefore the husband, won't divorce his wife. But once she's already in the Rishus of the Baal, and then he notices the mum, if he wants to get away with divorcing her, then what does he need to do? He needs to say, he needs to find some kind of proof that she had a moon from before they were married, and therefore, that's what the says. However, the chachamim aren't buying it. The chachamim omr. Bottom line, ba med varamamurim, Shebis shebesaser. That's only true in regards to women that are covered by her clothing. However, if there's a mum on the outside of her skin, because they went on a couple of dates, you have to see the girl before you get engaged. Okay, so today we date for too long. But back in the day, they met each other once with all the parents around and everybody signed the name and they moved on. So says the Gemara, if it's Begalui, he can see her face, he can see her arms, he can. that's it. And it was really pretty much it. And then he would have to then say, okay, you're, uh, you're beautiful enough. And then let's get married. And then says the Gemara, and if there's a bathhouse, remember we don't, we all have showers in our own homes, but back in the day they didn't have that, so they had these bathhouses where, where people would go shower. So in the women's bathhouse, if they had a women's bathhouse, so then, then even something that's under her clothing won't be considered a mum. Why not? He'll tell his sister, listen, when you go to the bathhouse, can you just make sure that my wife is like normal? You know what? Has two lines. Right? Yeah, yeah, just normal, just normal. So, and that's what the Gemara says. So Gemara says, so that's with bathhouses. Now the Gemara paints a problem, and we're going to have three answers to this, but we're only going to learn two answers today. The third answer is already five or six lines down on Ayin Vav and Mid-Alef, so we'll get to that tomorrow. Says the Gemara, we have two parts of our Mishnah that leave inferences that are opposite inferences. In the ratio of our Mishnah, we said that if a father's daughter, Rachel, gets married to Reuven or gets engaged to Reuven, and then he finds a mum, it's on the father. Uh, it's on the father to prove it. Uh, what's the inference from that? That seems to be then that the default is that we trust the husband. That's what it seems like. Money, whose shita is that? This is a shita we learned earlier in this Masechta, on Dafyud Be'ez, Rabbi Yoshuahi, Damar, Lomi Piha Anuchayan. And Rashi details this case. We're not going to go all the way back into this sugya, but we learned about this sugya, where a woman, where a husband gets married and he sees that his woman does, his wife doesn't have a besulim, so she says, rastani mm-hmm. that once I was engaged. I was violated at that point. Now, in the culture that we live in, those are things that you share. Those are things that you communicate. She didn't communicate it. So what's the din? If she says, So the husband, morning after the chuppah, he goes to Bezden and says, my wife doesn't have a basula. And they say to her, no, what's the story? She says, I was violated after I was already engaged. So that's nistach va'sadehu. That's a case where that's his loss, nothing to do about it, just the way the, just the way the world turns. So there, that seems to be like Rabbi Yeshua. The fact that we believe the husband, by default, and not the not the wife that aligns with Shita's Reb Yeshua. However, the seifa does not work out that way. That if the husband only finds the mom after they're fully married, then the husband has to bring a raya that in fact she had a mum from before they were married. And let's make the diuk on this second part of the mission, time a ha'bal raya. Halom maisi ha'bal raya It seems from the seifa that the default is that we believe the father and the daughter side of the family, not the husband's. And who does that align with? Asan, the to and Gamliel, da'amar menes Back to that base where it seems to be that we believe her when she says, and Nasti. So what we're doing is we're trying to figure out our Mishnah, but our Mishnah has this chasm in it without any names in it. They're both stam. We don't have names in our Mishnah, but it seems to be holding of opposite sheaths from base So who's the author of our Mishnah? Says the Gemara, answer number one, Tavra. Um, our Mishnah is broken, which is literally the translation of broken, shavur. Tough and shin are interchangeable in Aramaic. We see this throughout Shas. We've already had it many times in Shas. And that is that this Mishnah is a problem. And the, the Resha of our Mishnah was not written uh, by the same person who wrote the Sefa of our Mishnah. We don't know who wrote it. We don't know who's right. We don't know who's wrong. But our Mishnah says that it's not the case. And then Ravah comes along to just qualify something about the Sheet of Rabbi Yoshua, which is that the Sheet of Rabbi Yoshua from Dafyid Beis is that we don't trust her. That when she says, When she says, after her husband's claim of a Tainas and she says, no, no, I was violated after we were already engaged. It's not a Mekah uh, Don't assume that Rabbi Yoshua never sides with the woman. Don't assume that. Because elak When is it that Rabbi Yeshua doesn't follow the chazaka of the guf? That's hecha deika chazaka de mamona. That is when there is a conflicting issue of chazaka de mamona, because the money. For the ksuba is in the husband's property until he pays it out. And therefore, that's one chazaka working against her chazaka. So then we don't believe her. But where there isn't a competing chazaka against her de saguv, then in fact, we do believe her. So it's not the Rabbi Yeshua doesn't trust her. It's that what was happening on Dafyud Bey's was that there was two conflict, conflicting chazakos. Chazaka number one was her chazaka, and chazaka number two is, where does the money lie right now? Who gets the ksuba? So because the chazaka was, by the money in his property, and by the chazaka was against her, so it's head-to-head. Rabbi Yeshua sided that when it's a head-to-head chazaka, that we side against her. But where there's nothing competing, all is well and good, and we do trust her. Ditznan it says the tanya here it's a mistake. The Gemara corrected it. it should be Ditznan. In regards to tsaras, if the baheres, if, if the skin mark precedes the growth of the hair on the skin mark, tummy, no question about it, that is considered baheres. If the hairs grow first. Right? It's like the center of the bullseye, and only then does the white skin grow around it. her. now this is the this that part's not really relevant to us. What if there's a suffik? We don't know what came first, the hair or the white mark. He went to sleep, there was nothing. He woke up, there were both, and we have no idea which one came first. So Tanakama holds Tame. What does Rabbi Yeshua hold? Omer KeHa. The halacha of a suffik is the same as a baharis that gets lighter in color, and that is that it's mutter, ma'ikeha, ma'raba keha tahor. So what do we see by Rabbi Yoshua? We see that there are times that we fully uh, we fully lean on regular chazakas, and we would do the same for a woman as well. The chazaka is that when he went to sleep last night, he didn't have anything on his skin. We don't assume he's a bar for no good reason. So the chazaka works. This is a raya barura that Rabbi Yeshua, without a competing factor, will hold the a chazka sagu. Here it's about Saras, but we would certainly extrapolate from here to say that it then applies back to the case of an isha. That's answer number one. Just to go back, really, the answer number one was just the first few words of Tavra Mishishan Azul We had asked our question that we have opposite implications from our Mishnah, that in the Resha of our Mishnah, it seems to be that the Baal is Mehemen, and in the Seif of our Mishnah, it seems to be that the, the Father is Mehemen, and answer number one is Tavra Mishishan Azul Answer number two is a little bit more than halfway down, almost two-thirds of the way down, Rava Omar Resha Kan Uve Kan Hayum. What you see is what you get. In the Reisha, when she's living in her father's home, what you see is what you get. She has the moon. We assume she's had it forever. If it's in the Seifa, when she already moved into her husband's house, what you see is what you get. She got the moon. She got it. No, it's not from her childhood. Very difficult answer. We're going to have to analyze that. Says the Gemara Abaye Abaya asks Rava, I don't understand what you're talking about. You're saying that whatever is is that if in fact she only saw her mum the day after her wedding, we assume that that's when she got it. That doesn't work with this brisa because nichnasal habal once she's married habal the husband now has the burden of proof. He has to prove shad shelotisaries Hayuba elu the Bryce has said that he has to bring a proof, says the Gemara. That's true from before they're married, but not after they're married. But why they am I? Why does he have to work hard at all? Why does he have to lift a finger? If it's true that that according to Rava. That once she moves in, she gets married, she moves into the new apartment they're living in the Winston Towers. They get married on January 1st. Olive Tishrei on Bait, I remember your last criticism. Olive Nissan. And then on Bay's Nissan. And the next day he sees that there, there's um, what does he see? He sees that there's a moon. So Kan Nimsu this is a new moon. If it's a new moon, then why does he have to bring Raya? We know the husband's dead in the water. He can't divorce her. That's for sure. It's not we're not divorce. It's not a Why? Why? But according to the b'risa that Abaye just brought, it seems to be that Rava's wrong. Says the Gemar Amar Lehi, gives an answer for his own shita. And we're going to distinguish here. Mishanis arsa, from once they're already engaged, the reason why he can't recant on this marriage is chazaka, ain't adam shose b'kos, ele'im Kain bodko. Nobody picks up a cup of water randomly and doesn't look inside of it before you drink it. You're always going to take a quick look in the cup. In other words, you're not going to get married unless you see that you're attracted to this person. You have to be attracted to the person. I had this, uh, Shaila, a young woman was engaged. She called me and said, I'm not attracted to the person that I'm engaged to. What should I do? So I said, I have no idea. Let me find out. I called my Rebbe. He said, you need to ask her two questions. If any of the questions are answered incorrectly, help her to break off her engagement. Question number one, even though in theory it's usher to touch, are you interested in touching him? Question number one. She said, I have no interest in touching him. I'm like, that's alarming. Question number two, are you embarrassed to, to walk down the street with him next to you when your friends would be coming in the other direction? She said, totally embarrassed. So we scripted her breakup and broke off their engagement. She's now happily married with like, I don't know, a whole bunch of kids. But you have to be attracted to the person that you're married, that you're getting married to. So it says the Gemara over here, So I said, I, I I said why are you engaged in the first place? And she said that her Morris told her that it'll grow on you. That's what she told me. It's from a stark uh, school background. It was not, it's not how I grew up. Very Just, either, no, no, either one of those. yes that. yes yes correct if you have no interest in in physical intimacy it's, it's us or you're not allowed but but in that, well, in that phase either one, either one is very problematic but he, he was using that as like the portal of entry into her brain like what's the what's the litmus test for 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 real disinterest in someone it's a big problem okay she's doing fine now i'll tell her you say hi so it says the gemara arsa, once they're already engaged, Mishum de of course, we assume that Ain adam shosa the He saw her and he saw her and they're married. So once they're already married, he can't say the moon issue. They're done. We know she has a moon, She's missing a finger. Whatever the case may be, all is fine. You can't divorce her in this case. Says Avai, back to that should be true beforehand also. You wouldn't get engaged either. You're going to look at her before you get engaged. You're going to see if there's a moon. Rava responds, Ella, amrinan uh, Sorry, this is still uh, this is still Abaye. Ella, rather, I disagree with you, Rava. amrinan Chazaka, Ena demefaisen mefais, mefais It seems to be the case that someone would not be mefais bemumim. Hachanami, we should assume ne mchazake ena demefais bemumim. So then Rava gives his uh, final distinction between the case of Mishanis Arsa and the case of Mishalonis Sarsa Five lines from the bottom, Hamid base. Ella, Mishanis Arsa from after they're already <laughs> engaged. <coughs> there are two chazakas working against him. Number one, she has her al cheskaso, and uh, uh, that, uh, number one, that she has her own chazakas that she didn't have this moon from before. And number two, So these are the two chazakas that she has going for her. Number one, she has a chazakas and number two, that he probably looked at her before they got married what are you going to say? You're going to say that a person is not going to be acceptable to a certain women. That's just not true. And even if you say that, it's still that one assumption is against these two. And lastly, before they're married, you wouldn't be able to say that because he already saw the moon in this particular case. So, my what's left? So maybe he saw her. There was Woman, he was okay with the moon, but says the Gemara, other no chazaka ain't that a person maybe <laughs> maybe they're not, not mephaiis bemoan, <coughs> maybe he would not be okay with the mum, And then the hemad maman al chazkasu, And then the Ksuba outweighs that chazaka, So this is Rubba's approach. We're going to stop right here at Ravashi. We'll pick up tomorrow with the third answer to the opposite implications of our Mishnah. Wishing you all a beautiful night.